you guys made me do this talk. I didn't want to do it. So anyway, years ago, I was mowing my yard and I was thinking about when Jesus said that all of these things that were going to accompany the end of the world, the destruction of the Jerusalem and the love of most growing cold and persecution and the gospel being preached at the end of the world and even the elect being deceived, if that were possible, and all these things, I remember him saying um, that all of these things are going to happen before this generation passes away. And I was mowing my yard and I was thinking, but it didn't happen. Jesus, you were wrong. I mean, unless you want to bend the meaning of words. And I remember I looked up the word generation and no, it meant generation. And I was like, ah. Then later I found out that C.S. Lewis commented the same thing as I was thinking on that verse. C.S. Lewis said, you know, that's actually the most embarrassing thing Jesus ever said because he was wrong about it. But then a few years later, I discovered this thing called partial preterism. Big words, doesn't matter. And what preterists believe is that the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in the year AD 70, which is to say 70 years after Jesus's birth, fulfills these predictions, these prophetic predictions that Jesus declared. And if you remember, if you go back to chapter 23, Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees as hypocrites. And one of the things he says is that all the blood of the righteous, from righteous Abel to to all right up to the present day, is going to be held to account on that generation. What these preterists were saying was, and I'm a partial preterist, not a full preterist, uh, what these guys were saying was Jesus was not lying, Jesus was not mistaken, he wasn't wrong, Jesus told the truth, everything he said happened just like he said it would. And if you read Josephus, you can find it. The wars, the rumors of wars, the earthquakes, the famines, the pestilence, uh, the rebellions, the false messiahs, all of these things happened between Jesus dying and rising and being exalted in AD 30 and AD 70 when the temple is ultimately destroyed. In fact, it got so bad in the siege against Jerusalem, the, the siege, the Roman siege against Jerusalem, it got so bad. Josephus talks about, well, this is terrible. Don't, you don't want to show this video to your kids. Mom's eating their babies in this thing. And after that, the temple was never rebuilt again. The entire system was destroyed. So think about this with me. When Jesus said these things, these are the signs that accompany the end of the world, he didn't use the Greek word for world. He didn't use the word cosmos. He actually used the Greek word aeon, which is probably rendered better as age or era. So he wasn't talking about the end of the world. He was talking about the ending of an era. What era was over when the temple was destroyed decisively? Well, you and I know that when Jesus rose from the dead and sent his spirit at Pentecost, that the new covenant began. But then, the sacrifices were still going on until AD 70. That is fascinating to me. Anyway, here's my point. The majority of the events that many Christians are fearfully looking at their newspaper to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, the majority of the events, even in the book of Revelation, talking about the Antichrist and the man of lawlessness and the mark of the beast and all this stuff, even Mark saying, when you see the abomination that causes desolation residing in God's temple, let the reader understand. Well, how can the reader understand? I'm not saying everything happened because the sheep and the goats hasn't happened. The return of Jesus has not yet happened. But, and that's the blessed hope. I, I and all the other Christians who hold to the Bible believe and look for and long for and, and are excited about the return of Jesus. But a lot of these events that they are going, oh no, oh no, is it that, is it that, is it that, is it that? Jesus wasn't lying when he said that these things will happen before this generation dies. And it did. And then you go, well, does that mean the, 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 we're living after the end of the world? No, it means we're living after the ending of the Old Testament, Old Covenant era. And now we're living in a New Covenant era. Well, then what about persecution? Yeah, I still expect persecution. In fact, if you look around the world, 
persecution's been happening that's way worse than you could imagine pretty much in every generation. When I see Christians looking around with panic and fear or distrust, looking to see who is the man of lawlessness, where is the one world government, and I I just, man, I, I wonder if I don't see some bad eschatology that causes them to view uh, end times things as something to get worried about, something to get up in arms about. The return of Jesus is called the blessed hope. The word blessed is best translated happy. The return of Jesus is the happy hope. I'm looking forward to him returning because him returning means that there's no more cancer, there's no more death, there's no more injustice, there's no more Satan, there's no more demons. There's like, come on, that's a good day. And you go, but what about if all the, what if you're wrong, Tim? What if all these hard things happen? Well, look, notice what he says. He says that the love of most is going to grow cold and things are going to be so hard in those days, so dark in those days, that even the elect would be deceived. Listen to me, because this is the words of Jesus. These are red letters. If that were possible. And notice what else it says. Notice what else it says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony, and then the end will come. You can see why the church fathers looked, and they said the whole world was pagan, and now, in our lifetime, the whole world is Christian. Can you see why they were like, this has happened. We're living in the millennium. And you go, oh my word, Tim's a post-millennialist. Listen, I used to be so arrogant and sure that when I found out that John Wesley and and, uh, Dallas Willard and, shoot, so many people, Finney, so many of these people that actually changed the world were post-millennialists, which is to say they believed they were living in the age when Christ is ruling as king and he is Lord and all authority is his. And now we're just getting a sweep-up mission with all authority to spread the kingdom on earth, like not by force, but like by a demonstration of love. I w- when I heard Dallas Willard was a post-millennialist, I was like, oh, he's a liberal. I can't read him anymore. That's how I used to be, guys. I had problems. This is going on way long. I'm, I'm, this isn't a teaching. This is more of like a testimony of me saying, guys... If your view of the end times makes you scared instead of happy, it's probably not biblical. My mom used to wear her head covering to bed, and she used to be afraid that if she fell asleep without her head covering on, Jesus would come and snatch away the elect without her. And don't get me started on rapture, man. I don't believe in the rapture either. I believe in the return of Jesus. I believe the king is coming. I believe it's a beautiful thing. I believe it's a wonderful thing. I believe he's the hope of the world. I don't believe you and I are going to end poverty or end sex trafficking or end violence or end um, any injustices. We can lessen them. We can make great progress on them. But there's only one thing that's going to end them, and it's the return of Jesus. I've said a lot. Whoa. That's way too much.